new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Bradford Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradford Show. That's delicious. I didn't want to do this, but I was forced to. I have to do four podcasts a week because the public demanded it. It was hugely, hugely popular. Hugely popular last week, last couple of weeks. We've never had more momentum on the Brad Foe Show. So we're going to continue to do it because people want the baseball conversation in all different forms and fashion. Last year, I just wanted first, before you start this one, before we start episode 78, I do want to thank all the guests from last week, Kerosene Ken, John Smoltz, Sam Kennedy, and Ashley Kelly, wife of Joe Kelly. Thank you all for making such a great week, and it's going to be another great week because my good friend Evan Drellick's here sitting with me, the only person up until the Lou Maloney podcast has blown up, the only person to actually participate in this podcast and then not have it air. Welcome. You, you well, it's your screw-up. Thank you for having me. Why was Second. it? It wasn't. Actually, I've screwed up before on this podcast, the sound of Lou. Absolutely, my screw up. The JD Martinez uh, Welcome to Boston Party podcast. Had a heart attack. I apologize. Didn't post it. But that one, the Evangelic one, was absolutely not my fault. How many microphones do you use now when you do these podcasts, Rob? Depends. If I'm on the field, two? two? Depends. Yeah. You, you had a back and forth podcast with me. And made the mistake of bringing one microphone to the table. And the audio was therefore unlistenable, and that's your fault, not mine. It is your podcast. Ken Laird is doing something right now. I'm no Do we have to start doing. over, Ken? No, you're fine. Okay. You're a little hot. You can see you're a little hot. Uh, I know. I'm hot. It's almost like Rob doesn't know what he's doing, huh? Well, you see, if you're going to be part of this, this is a very welcoming Take me place. Who, for who I am. All right? All right. So Evan Drellick, Kerosene Ken, all with us. Kerosene Ken can only do a little snippet, so we're going to get to his hot take out of the gate as soon as we can. But the topic, and because really when you, when you start out this well for a team, we've talked about what has gone right and all corners of the roster and core and 
blah, blah, blah. We've, we've talked about it. We have to, at some point, have the uncomfortable discussion of where it can all go wrong because we have plenty of examples of teams that start out very, very well and then don't do well. The Milwaukee Brewers, the 1987 Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, sure, they're teams like Detroit Tigers in 1984, but there are plenty of other examples where you have great Aprils and then it sorely falls apart. I sat here. I, this is the best, the best team that I've seen in a long, long time for the Red Sox. It is the best constructed team as we sit here in April. Better than the team that was proclaimed the best team ever in 2011, which might have, by, by the way, Evan, been the best team. 2011, that was your first year covering this team, right? Yes. That actually might have been the best team then, even maybe even be, be beyond the certainly beyond the, the 2013 team, much more talented team. I'm talking about talent, yeah. So the only thing to, as we start off here, you, the team is doing so well right now. There's no hesitation on your part for how this will be received that we're being the negative Nancys by criticizing no, because the team I think, doing so well. I think Evan, because it, it, I've we, got this we, narrative around me that all I am is negative, well, and now the first time you ask me on this podcast told you, is that I'm being asked to bring to to poke holes in this incredible, the best start ever for a rookie manager, and that's what you're bringing me in here for. As the, I've been asked as, to do this. I want that as clear. As long as they're educated takes, as long as they're... Well, they're, they're always educated. No, but they're not. That's the problem. It becomes, when you do it, it becomes too obvious that you're trying to go down the road that doesn't make any sense. That's not true. Okay, well, We'll discuss that, but I'm not doing. I'm not saying that we have to be negative here. But we've gone through the gamut of how many things have been positive. What else are you going to talk about? If we did it, oh my goodness, the starting pitching's been so good, the the lineup's been so good, Cora has made all the right decisions. We have to brace ourselves to the thing that hasn't been discussed. And kerosene, as I like to call him, yeah. I mean, you you would agree with me that this has to be the conversation right now, right? I think, but my microphone's way low, so I'm going to fix this. Okay. This is going great, huh? Well, let the people in. Good? Let the people see what's going on oh, here. All right. Check, 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 check. <laughs> it's turned around. <laughs> Bob, well, you can start us off and tell us what you think will go wrong. All right. Are you ready for the kerosene take? Oh, yeah. Hold on. All right. Ready? So the, the topic is what can go wrong. <laughs> this is very disconcerting. <laughs> is it working now? Check, check, check. Okay, better. Better. Okay. What can go wrong? What can go wrong with this team? And I'm not saying it is going to go wrong, Evan, just to make sure that you go, you don't want people mad at you, Evan. No, I don't. I'm okay. sick, of, sick of being yelled at. Okay. By everybody. But Ken? <laughs> Kirk? Players? Management? PR? He's trying to get that's sensitive. Everybody. Yeah, it's very sensitive. Uh, here's what can go wrong, Rob. Okay. Thank you, Karis. If you really study what's going on with Chris Sale right now, He's not elite Chris Sale. Something is wrong with Chris Sale. There's the kerosene take of the day. Got all, all totally lost in the Sean Manaya no-hitter on Saturday night. Check out his velocity that's fastball. Down a tick. I understand the game at Fenway. He pitched in the cold. You kind of throw that game out. He, he toughed it out. Yeah, but his velocity actually wasn't down yesterday. It was. I mean, for the game in Oakland. He ta- where did he top out? 94? 96. 96 for yeah. a pitch. But I think he sat 91, 92 for a lot of the game. And look at the numbers. His fastball and his changeup. He doesn't throw the changeup a ton, but he's getting hit. He's, his, um, those pitches have not been as effective as the Chris Sale that we knew. Slider is still effective. He's got to mix it in when he can. Something worries me about Sale. And he's, this has been a guy that's been remarkably healthy through his career. But that kind of uh, um, workload that he's but had, including he, last year, 
And I believe behind the scenes, they were a little bit worried about this coming into the year, which led into the whole, we're going to monitor his pitch count. Even the first start, Evan, it was a little bizarre to see him come out of the game that early. There's something medically they're worried about, and now we're just... This guy's elite. You're seeing the down tick just a little bit. He wasn't terrible. That's what can go wrong with the Boston Red Sox. Something wrong with Chris Sale's arm. Well, when you watch Craig Kimbrell so far, and I think the Red Sox stats, that fine Twitter account showed the other day, the velocity hasn't been there for him quite as much yet. He's still been dominant. And even if you look at David Price, is the curveball really there? He's been, he's been more sinker-cutter. Maybe these guys are all evolving at this point. At some point, Chris Sale's going to have to adjust without his velocity. I'm not convinced right now that he doesn't have it, but you're right. If that keeps up, then you're, you have a different guy. And, and the guy who doesn't have to look at scouting reports, who can rely on Sandy Leone and Christian Vasquez to call all his pitches, you might need to see that change. I just didn't think it would have to come this early. But I, I don't know, Rob, do you think he's at that point? you have evidence of that? No, I think he, was, he wasn't. The, the, what you're juxtaposing is against what he was coming out of the gate last year. Right and really the whole season last year. I mean, well, not no. Take the last from, month from out of Aug- it. two months. I mean, okay. August first on, fair, fair. he was at a four and a half ERA. Yes. So, but that's the guy they want the whole year and into the postseason. Yes. Right. So, uh, I, so he, I, you can't. He has an ERA under two right now. I'm not saying he's been bad. No, I know. It's but, comparison but, to right, sales standard. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think it's realistic that he's going to be what he was out of the gate last year. I think that that, that was. If he's going to be what he was out of the gate last year, they're trying to make that at the end of the year instead of the beginning of the year. But it's the right. I don't blame you for bringing it up, Kerosene. But here's the thing: is that we're juxtaposing it off of last year, and I think what he is giving you, even on the game against Benaya, it was good enough. My biggest point it leads to kind of what Evan was talking about with David Price and and with Sale. I don't think there's any argument. I mean, the biggest thing that can go wrong with this team is that something happens to those two guys. So I just quick note on this. I was in Anaheim, unlike Rob Bradford. Uh, it was a good, what a inve- waste. good what investment. A, how much time did you talk <laughs> about his stories? Good investment. Well, the Mookie Betts story was good. It wasn't really talk. It was a good feature. And you should. What was it on? It was on his swing. And uh, uh, how he works on his swing. And J.D. Martinez <laughs> what is going on, Ken? Sometimes. What, what did you want? Controversy in the middle of 16? No, no. I wanted a story that people anyway, were going to Anyway, I sat down with Dana Levangi. Bradfield brought the hammer with Betts first trout. That was the story of the yeah, week. Go ahead. I mean, how I many did times that for my you read that? How many? I know. That's the laziest story. It's boring. If you actually read oh, the story. It was topical. It's what people were talking Every, about. Bradford's Betts got his finger trout, on the pulse. Betts and Trout is three years old. Ken, honestly. I mean, we have to. I have to stop real quick here. Not stop the podcast, but stop like Evan from talking. Because Evan, this is the problem. You gotta get your head around this. You talk about you went out to Anaheim to talk to Mookie Betts about his swing, whereas the real topic is what Ken just yeah, said. You should have talked to Trout about Betts. Trout about Trout Betts. Been at, I've asked Trout about Tomasi, Betts before. Do what Tomasi did. He talked to Ron Renicki, who was Trout's co- outfield okay. coach last year. How many year? bench like, coaches you do you need there? talking about Trout and, and it, Betts? Find a different you way need, to. You've had DeSarcina w- do it? What, what was You it? and I see differently. Go to Anaheim fine. to talk about Mookie Betts' swing? Like, we couldn't do that here any day. Are you worried that the what they're doing over there? The story was. Well read. What's going the story on? Was very well read. <laughs> what's, 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 because it was what, a good, insightful story. How, JD Martinez saying that Mookie Betts does a lot of things differently why, than, than most I, great love, hitters. You know what? You, you Evan, hear that from my you know Another thing Evan does. He he, destri- he gets desperate with his stories, so he retweets them like fifty thousand. I want times. people to read me. Yes. 
<laughs> but but can I just tell you, I did. I sat down with Dana Levangi. I had oh, wait, you paid money. Shut up for a second. said. I sat down with Levangi, and this velocity issue came up, and he. Oh, we are. Oh. I talked to him in Boston. I didn't I need to go out to. Anaheim okay. With well, him. this is old news. What, did you sit down with him for twenty minutes? Yes. Wait. Anyway. The velocity with who? Uh, I, it, it came up. Okay, it came up with sale, and he actually mentioned Kimbrel. It did not come. Yes, up with I've already talked to the Levangi. Right, it's so old. Ken, it's old news. All right. Well, well, I'm oh, somewhat oh, interested. Oh, in Mookie Betts and Mike Trout might be similar. What, is that, that's not old news. What did Levangi think? Um, he's worried about it. No, he's not. And I've, I guess of that's what you'd not. expect him to say. But it, they do feel like it's part of this build-up program. If you'd like to know the average fastball velocity of Chris Sale to begin the season through five starts, ninety-four in his first one, ninety-two point nine nine. Second, ninety-three nine one. 90.82. That was the cold weather. Game. That was the cold weather. 95.67 yesterday. Okay. What was it last? Uh, what was it? The homer. The start. homer was on a 91. What was it in Oakland? Uh, it, the average four seamer he threw was 95.67. Yeah, so. so, so it would suggest he's, yeah. he's on his way back. Keep an eye on it. Keep an eye. Yeah, I will. I mean, as all your hot takes, I always keep an eye. Like Kale. I mean, uh, well, I got to go. But here's my second addendum. Okay. Now you reported that Pedroia was going to start the year. No, I did not. He said that. Okay. Well, I don't whatever. put words in their mouth. But what did you report? The Pedroia was going to start no, no, opening day. No, he, he was Pedroia aiming said to start he was going to start day. an opening day. You remember that was that was a, ago. that was a, a, a very useful We've conversation. Been, I mean, that's been severely wrong and overblown. I think that was like him being like this okay. bravado. But when he comes back, that's still a major issue that this team has to deal with. How to reincorporate oh, Pedroia so. into the lab? You don't think so? No. Nunez getting have, sent have to the seen, bench. Have you seen Nunez play? Defensively, no, he's not that's good. Why we knew you're that. On this train, you're already setting no, up Pedroia. That's true. Oh, that makes so much sense now. I have to have Dustin Pedroia playing, and if Eduardo <laughs> Nunez is in the way, that I I am not going to settle for that. You're but, then going to have Swihart and but, Nunez on the bench. The upset. Thing. I said we said this on the on the radio just now, Ken. I said from what I've seen from Nunez, I love watching Nunez play offensively. But what I've seen from him, I almost think Blake Swihart could play better at second you're, base. You're wrong about that. Well, whatever. I mean, you're still probably to be wrong about me being wrong. But he's – Eduardo Nunez was baffling to me. Like, I watched him in spring training, and he clearly had mobility issues. He can't catch the ball. He, he has a hard time catching the ball. He had a moment on Friday night's game where he was perfectly placed in the shift. Brian Johnson was pitching. The ball's right there, and he botches it. He had an instance on Saturday night where Cindy Leone throws it down a second – he doesn't want his knees getting blown up, but not only that, but he drops the ball. And and it's weird to me because I can get the mobility thing, but just being able to feel the ball, I don't Well, I don't okay, but, but how mobile will Pedroia be when he comes back? And if he doesn't hit right well, away, that's going to amp up the pressure even more. What's interesting is you talk about him saying, I'm coming back for opening day. One thing we've learned early on, and I think Bogarts is another example of this, this is they are going to take as long as – they need to. There is not going to be. We've seen it in the last few years. Well, we were going to be careful, but are you really going to be careful? The last few years, really, I go back to Pedroia's foot injury way back in the day. They, they sent him out in Pawtucket, and the next thing you know, he's stealing bases and he can't get out of bed the next day. Yeah. So, anyway. All right. Okay, but we, I got to go. But those are my two things. That was good. You contributed well. It's I not quite it. kale deliverance like last week, but no, I tried. The, the okay. kale can be researched. Your, your, your reliance on Pedroia to self assess and, and say, I'm ready or I'm not ready. Is potentially misplaced. Is he going to say to them? Well, that was in the off season, Evan. I mean, that was before spring training. No, no, no but I'm saying now. You talk about they're, they're not going to rush anybody. But yeah, the the guy's going to rush himself. Is 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 Pedroia. But, they, but the, I don't think they will let him. Here, it, it all depends on one. It all depends on Pedroia. If Pedroia is anything like his old self, 
then it's going to work itself out. The issue is going to be if he comes back and he's not playing well, and Nunez is performing like he is now, which is well offensively, is do you rather have the glove of Pedroia out there, assuming the glove is still there? Because he, it's not that he's going to lose the ability to catch the ball. We don't know what his range is. We don't know what his bat is. Pedroia is an unknown right now, and anybody who looks at it differently is tricking themselves to knowing what this injury is going I, to I think turn that, into. I think that normally I would agree with you that, that if you, you could say, well, Nunez is certainly offensively he's a good player, and he could be a replacement for Pedroia if Pedroia isn't ready to go, if he's not the old Pedroia. But Nunez has been so bad defensively, and it's weird because they've had good infield defense. I do think it factors in where he hasn't had to move a whole lot. But you, I think this is – we talk about things that are going to catch up to this team, and you've said it before, and I agree with you. Like I don't know why they're not having a defensive replacement for Nunez. For health reasons as well. Look, when Pedroia comes back, I don't think he's going to come back and be playing every single game. You're not going to see the disappearance of Eduardo Nunez either way. You're not going to see Pedroia take over every day. Now, if this lead in the division is still very high, and the Blue Jays are, are certainly still in this thing, if it's high enough that you can, can afford to break Pedroia in – Maybe you can take some bad play from Pedroia for a little bit. The, the, the trickier thing is going to be you're in the middle of a pennant race. You're playing the Yankees, and if Pedroia's mobility is limited, if he's not hitting, who are you turning to? And that's going to be I – I don't know what Alex Cora does. That, that's, that's a tougher scenario. But these, the, Pedroia is a huge what if. All of it. All of it's a – Yeah, well, that leads us to the whole what can go wrong well, with the, this team. Well, I'll give you one that's more present. Okay. At a certain point, J.D. Martinez is going to screw up in left field, and it's going to really cost him. It hasn't cost him yet. And then we're going to have the discussion of well, how much, how valuable is this player rest for these smaller guys? I think he's played, let's see, no, he DH, so I think he's played nine out of 19 games as we record this. Almost, almost 50% of the time he's playing the field. It's a lot. I mean, nobody ever thought if you got to game 20, was it 21, 22, and he was playing the outfield 50% of the time, nobody would have thought he's that. Ta- is taking this rest idea, which is a good one. Farther than I guess most people believe. When, when he initially said we're going to rotate people, I don't know if, if everybody quite latched on to how much that meant because we're so used to the other style of, of play and lineup construction. So the, the idea is good, but people, he's been relatively free from criticism. I've been one of the few to suggest. Cora? Yeah. For, well, for this kind of, out 17 and 2. Right, but, but there's, so there's going to be a day when, when Martinez is out of the lineup because you're working in Moreland, who's playing very well. So right now it's certainly defensible. He's the best OPS of any first baseman Exactly. In do you think that continues? Maybe no. it does. I, maybe, maybe we need to – there could be discussion about do we need to think about Mitch Moreland in an entirely different light. If we still think of him as a glove first guy, which is probably inaccurate at this point, there's going to be a day when they're not going to be hitting and you're going to see Martinez on the bench and you're going to go, why isn't J.D. Martinez playing? And – the other question's going to exist. He's going to be in left field, and you're going to be like, wait, why is he in left field? They're going to lose the game because of, of a ball he couldn't get to. So those questions exist right now. They just haven't been well, exploited. Had, well, the, exploited. The day that Bogarts got hurt, what well, was April 8th, that, that's when it was really exploited, the J.D. Martinez thing, because he butchered that ball um, in Fenway Park. And I think that he's going to have much, much more difficult time and have many, many more moments that you're talking about at Fenway Park than he is on the road. So we're going to have more of those. This, uh, uh, undoubtedly. Like, I watched him play, Evan, in spring training. Now, hold on a second. I watched him play in spring training, J.D. Martinez in the outfield. And I think that he can feel the position. He has pretty good instincts. He throws to the right base. He's just he is what he is. He's not very mobile, but I've seen worse. I've seen a lot worse out there. Um, but to your point, is it is it going to cost them at a key moment? If we're sitting here in August, 
I had, we had put like 45, 50 games in the field. That's not how it's trending right now. Do you – so that's the question. Do you think Alex Cora is going to overplay him in the outfield? Does Cora need to reel this in a little bit? And I'm sure there's an element – I know there is an element of J.D. Martinez came here with the understanding that he would play roughly 50 games in the outfield or whatever. Whatever the number, whether specified or not, he wanted to play outfield. The Red Sox told him, yeah, you're going to be able to play some outfield. So how far do you take that? At what point is it detrimental to the team? I think it, it, I think it all relies on how the other guys we mentioned are doing, how Hanley's doing, how Mitch Moreland's doing, how if one of the outfielders are in a slump. And we don't know how that's going to play out. So far, everybody's hitting pretty much. Do you, but the other thing is, do you need to keep running J.D. out there to keep Mookie fresh? How much rest do you so, – so we all, I think, are in agreement that it's good to have more rest. How much – how do you choose? How do you know? Is it, is it 20 games for one of these guys? Well, is it 15? Well, there, there is, there's no blueprint right now. How we know that is because he's, re- he's resting guys after they hit home runs. You know, so there isn't like yeah, a, he's, he's drawing up the lineup days ahead of time. Sure, sure. But still, we've, and I know that. And he said that. But managers have done that and then deviated because the guy's gotten hot. But they're sticking to it. And it hasn't really come back to bite them because they come back and usually they hit. It's... I guess what what we have to look at as the season goes on and we have this conversation about what could go wrong is which one of these guys is going to start going down, start slumping. Because all of them, you, am I right? I mean, all of them right now make a case they're having good year. Even like Jackie Bradley, Andrew Benintendi, their numbers aren't way up there, but they're playing well enough. They're contributing. It's not like you said, oh, that guy has to be out of the lineup. So which one of these guys, Moreland, Hanley, you know, I'm taking bets out of the equation. Benintendi, Bradley, which one of these guys is going to have a downturn where you're like, oh, well, you know what? You're going to be sitting more than you like. It almost doesn't matter which one it is. It's a question of does he then react to that? The, the whole thing with the lineup right now is he's not playing the hot hand. And the hot hand has been one of those ideas that has been long railed against by the, the, the nerds, the sabermetricians and all that type of stuff. Like, I, I remember tweeting something out recently about Cora and the lineup, and Bill James retweeted it, something to the effect of, thank God. Like, 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 it's about time that people are getting away from this idea. The way I look at the hot hand is, if there's a guy you look at who's just in a total funk, and, and there's something tangible about it, where you know, there's no hard contact, and he's just lost the plate, and, he, and he's not a, a Giancarlo Stanton type of player, then I think you have a real argument to play somebody else for a bit and give a guy a breather. It's, it's when you have somebody who's not in this very obvious slump that, that you take out of the lineup. And it, it, Do you believe in the hot hand, Rob? Do you think this is... Uh... Yeah, I believe in the hot hand. Yeah, I believe if, if you're swinging the bat well, a lot of times... The, the problem with the hot hand is it's going to end. It ends at some point, and then you have to identify when it's. Does ending. the hot hand outweigh the match? Let's say, let's say you're a really good yeah, fastball I've, hitter. Yes, it does. You think if you had a three for four day yesterday? Yeah, but this guy in because the mound. I think sometimes, absolutely. I mean, and no one can tell me differently because having whether having played or seen guys played or whatever, it's athletics. When you feel good about this, and this is what everyone is trying to harness this mentality of whether you want to call it in the zone or whatever it is, but. Oh, I asked Mookie Betts about being in the zone, by the way. That's Would you like to read that? No. It's, uh, you, have this, you have that feeling of you can do no wrong, whether it's lefty, righty, fastball, curveball, whatever. And there, I think that is a very real thing. So, yeah, that is riding the hot hand. But I think that if you take a day off, it's not like you're going to lose that hot hand. Like I think you're still going to feel that way if, if for one day off. 
I, I think that's okay. That's all right, especially in a baseball season where it's not like a football season where you're like you have to wait seven days. But baseball season, the next opportunity is two days away. So you believe in the hot hand, but you you also think it's okay to rest the hot hand? Is that what you just said? Yeah, it's it's. I think how does that how how do those two coexist? Because I, play I, just, the hot I, just, hand. I just explained it to you, where I think that if you have a hot hand, if you have a hot hand for JD Martinez is an example of this, where if JD Martinez went eight for twelve in the Angels series, three straight games, he gets a day off. Do I think that all of a sudden he's he's going to lose that feeling because he had a day off? I personally don't because it's it's just one day. It's one day. If if you're I'll say it again, if you're talking about a football season, it's different. If you're talking about an extended period of time, it's different. Do I think Xander Bogarts is gonna jump back in and do exactly what he was doing before? No, prop because it's been a while. He he doesn't have that same mindset, he doesn't have that same feeling of getting up there all the time. But I so I don't, I don't think know. I don't think you can I don't think you can just say um, the hot hand doesn't exist. No, no. I don't know how you can say the hot hand exists and then be like, yeah, it's okay. F- because you can keep here's, in a nutshell, Evan. You can keep the hot hand over the course of two days. I mean, I, I've seen it happen, and we've seen it happen. It's, it's I guess. Okay. I, I don't know. It seems what like is, it's, uh, to me, it feels like a little bit more of a one or the other. Either so, you believe in the hot hand or you don't. Kerosene can. He said, Chris Sale concern. Uh, how he's going to evolve this Base running is still there. Wait, hold on. I'm going to recap. You said J.D. Martinez playing too much in the field. Base running, I'm Nunez. not too worked up over that. Where they could get worked, where they could run into some trouble with base running. No pun intended. If Hanley gets a little too enamored with this stealing bases thing. He, he, he went a couple times. What and about had, just bad choices by a guy like Benintendi or somebody like that? I mean, there's a bunch of people who you know, I understand. keep seeing weird sends and... and, and Head-scratching choices. Yeah, but well, more so at the beginning of the year. Yes, not it so has not been later. as bad lately. So we'll see how that evolves. Uh, and then what was the other, you know, I, at the beginning I said, obviously, the top two guys in the rotation. You can put Porcello in there, too. Well, health is always. So, yeah, but I just think. The bullpen. Right? It's health, health is different for those guys. And like, we saw their best hitter at the time exit, and they they're still had a three fifty batting average at shortstop. They'll be, even if they didn't, they probably would have been able to score enough runs to win. That is different. The, if you have something happen to those three guys or Craig Kimbrell, those are the guys to me where it can take a really, really bad turn. The bullpen is the other one. The, that, that issue that existed at the very, on the fir- very first day of the season and over the offseason, this is not a second guess because Dave Dombrowski himself said he wanted a lefty reliever. He didn't go out and get it. And you and I and others, uh, well, at least I know, I don't know about you, but, but certainly felt like Addison Reed needed to be replaced in some capacity. He was not. Tyler Thornburg might come back. Maybe he can be that guy. It's a lot of faith in oh, somebody. They should, you know, that would be a huge mistake to even think that. Because that's, I think that's exactly what they did with Carson Smith. And, and maybe and look at Carson Smith. Well, yeah, look at him. I look at him. It took him a while. They, but they wanted Carson Smith to be that guy on day one, and clearly he wasn't. So uh, he might evolve from that guy, and he, he shouldn't be allowed some leeway to get back into how he was in Seattle. He was back for less than a month last year. He jumps in this year, and you're just expecting, okay, be the guy you were in Seattle. Well, he wasn't ready. Maybe he evolves into that guy. It's fine. But I think to you, what you're saying, Evan, you can't just say 
you have the guy. You have the guys who have the potential to be the guy, but you don't have the guy right now. Yeah, they. they I, th- I think they knew that. I mean, I know they were trying to to add some sort of relief help. They they clearly are up against the two thirty seven mark. I think it would have been a credit to them if they'd found a way to clear a little bit. I don't know how you do it. The roster's been playing so well. It's, it's a little ridiculous in hindsight to say, but. Uh, they they knew they needed a reliever. They did not add one. That that's kind of the bottom line there. It's, and I'm sure it's not for lack. Well, of ironically, trying. you said they the one thing he they said they never going back to the GM meetings. They never said we needed a relie- reliever. We need an eighth inning reliever. They said we need a lefty reliever. Whether they weren't talking about a, they weren't talking about a, a, a loogie though. They no, were talking about they, a yeah. They were guy. they 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 definitively Dave Dombrowski definitively said. This is what she we meant were a lefty, for. either situational lefty, lefty reliever. Well, then that's a miss, and then, then I was giving Dombrowski too much credit because there's an underestimation of what of what he had in that bullpen, and, and oh, I, but that's not that's actually ironically hasn't been an issue. I mean, because they're blowing people. No, 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 this no. This podcast no. is about what could become an issue, right? right? Sure, but you, by this we have also this podcast tries for facts and things that are actually happening, and all I'm saying. What's when, the weakest part of this team right now? You would rotation say, lineup bullpen. You you would have to say setting him up to Kimbrel. Yeah, Absolutely. obviously. But you're not. But I'm just trying to call you out on your your inaccurate your inaccurate facts, which is a fact by nature is accurate. So no, you're not in, be, in, inaccurate. It's not a fact if it is inaccurate. Which is that lefty reliever. They they were looking for a lefty reliever. They didn't get a lefty reliever. Lefty relievers hurting a lot. Well, Bobby Pointer was really good, and Brian Johnson's been fine. That's not what's hurting them, Evan. I think we both agree that. Finding the guy eventually because they're blowing everybody out. We haven't seen it, but finding the guy who was going to get to Kimbrel on a regular basis, not once in a while, not hit or miss, but on the regular basis, that's going to be important. All right, so you misrepresented what I said. I did not I say. Did not. It, yes, you did. I said Dombrowski acknowledged the need for a lefty reliever. I said, and I wrote, they need a lefty and a righty. They need somebody to replace Addison Reed. So You're, all I was saying was way, that Dombrowski. Like, when, did, when did you come become this guy? Like, what are you talking this, about? I heard this like with Buck this morning, like this guy who like has to cite, I wrote this, I wrote that, and I wrote this. Because people in this instance. Have a little more confidence in yourself. Just say it. In this instance. Just say it. Rob, in this instance, it's very easy for someone, and it happens pretty frequently. Someone goes, oh, you're saying that now. You didn't say it before. I'm so insecure. I'm, I'm letting people know this is not a second guess. This, be, is, a, this, this is a first be, guess. Be, do this. When you walk out of this room. Be a little more secure in yourself. Well, you just tried to misrepresent my point about the bullpen. So anyway, I was not saying that what I thought they needed was the lefty. I was saying that's what Dombrowski said to illustrate the point that they wanted a reliever, whatever the role might have been, and they didn't add anything. The role they, they wanted to add, as you put it, and I didn't quite realize was situational. I thought they were looking for someone who was a lefty setup man who could get both sides. Whatever. I'm sure they would have been happy with either. Either way. They also they did. didn't know they had Bobby Paul. I have said, and I will continue to say, I promise that this team will be adding a reliever by right, July every, 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 I don't think that's a huge leap of faith. Right, but, it, but, but that, it it's year. an area... Look, at some point here, when this streak wears down, this, that's going to be one of the first areas you're going to see exposed again, unless, unless somebody does really step up. Your Joe Kelly, Heath, Heath Henry, by the way, has pitched very well. Let's give Heath Henry some love. The heater's done great. The slider's got uh, more depth to it. The, they figured out that horizontal. This is another conversation I had in Anaheim. They figured out that sliders be, that move downward. You are doing nothing to, to suggest that spending the money to send you to Anaheim was worth it. Anyway, go ahead. So the finding finding the setup guy, I agree. They're going to have to find the setup guy. It always happens that time of year. It's always usually. Yeah, but you could have done. You 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 ideally don't 
wait until July to do it. But but that's what they position they put themselves in. Well, you have to when you get up against that payroll. When you have to get up against the one thirty or two thirty seven. Then you have to say this is what we're willing to spend money on. What do they overspend? Because you can't just say I'm, we're going to go out and sign an eight million dollar reliever when, when Evan, you do think there are possibilities. At some point, there has to be a leap of faith. My problem with what sure. they've done in the f- past is that their leap of faith have been like you know Hanley Ramirez, Pablo Sandoval in the starting rotation. The leap of faith when you're saying we have these relievers and that's one of them fine. can step forward, that's okay with me. That's fine. I, I do think there's been a little too much uh, acceptance of the, the, the idea that the, – all right, two, they're up against 237, okay? Could they have better distributed that 237 such that you had a little more certainty in the bullpen? When you have the highest payroll in baseball – and again, this is where it's like, but you're arguing against a 17 and three team. No, it's a fair, it's a fair argument. But tell me where where you would have allocated well, the resources. It, beca- it becomes on a th- uh, now in hindsight, seeing how well these position players are playing, it's like, well, where do you do that? I I don't I don't know who you would have, you know, could you have gotten rid of Brock Holt's money and put that two and a half million toward a reliever, maybe. Right? Could, could you gotten the two point two? No, but like, but the, look, this is something I've pointed Brock out before. Brock, 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 People push back against it too. The thing I point to is creativity. So insecure. No, no, it, it's it's because I've had this argument with the. With with people about that, you know, does Dave Dombrowski have creativity in how he goes about things? And one argument in his favor is that he added a guy in Chris Sale and Craig Kimbrell who was on team friendly contracts. But do they ever trade away money? You know, where's that deal that makes you go like, oh, whoa, I didn't see that coming. All right. And I guess Eduardo Nunez might be the one guy. That's somebody you're like, all right, that worked out really well. And and nobody nobody expected Nunez to hit eight home runs after hitting four and uh, in in the time with the Giants before they got him. So if you're going to take Brock Holt's money, two and a half million dollars to to pay for a reliever, you thought they should have made room for Edwin Encarnacion last year, right? 20, oh yeah, yeah. So that is but, more, but, that's but, a but, better but, argument than the, anything right now. It's harder right now to point it out because you know, could you've gotten Moreland more cheaply had you waited? Well, I and said, right now I would, said, would you have wanted to wait? Evan, honestly, Evan, like I, I was railing on the Encarnacion thing for a year and a half. And I think rightfully so. But the way that things fell, the way that they landed, which you get Mitch Moreland on like a ridiculously team-friendly contract. Was it, by, team, it is team-friendly. Well, no, I understand. It was a good contract for him. He got more. He got a better deal than, than Logan Morrison and Moustakis or whoever. But for, at the time, still, it is a team-friendly contract for yes. what you thought you were, were going to have to pay for a guy like that. And then – you get J.D. Martinez, and you get J.D. Martinez for what amounts to a two-year deal, which is I think everybody wins in that situation. To be perfectly honest, yeah, he did a good job. With and, that and so if you're that's looking, a bargain, yeah. So and Carnacion would have been three years at sixty. So you know, so you get in J.D. Martinez, who is a better hitter than Carnacion. You get him at basically the same rate for two years. All right, I, I I can't say they were wrong in that. I can say they were wrong at the time. Last year, well, they that's su- all you can really judge. Last, right? last year, they suffered. I, absolutely, they suffered. They would have won more games. They would have won more games when Encarnacion. Yeah. That was the move. So it's, it's a it's more. It was an issue. It was a question that was more valid last year. Right now, it's a little harder to point, point out and say, okay, this is what they. Here's where they should have moved money. It's harder to do that. So anything else? Anything else that you think could fall apart here? Right, you know, we haven't. And generally speaking, we have not really seen adversity for this team yet. 
We haven't, we haven't seen a media storm. We haven't seen criticism. We haven't seen negativity and nor do they, should they have any right now. And, and yet here you are asking me on this podcast to bring negativity into their world. And we don't want to do that because we support the team. Well, also we support the Red Sox. Yeah. <laughs> I know you do. Also, you know, the Hanley situation is always not to c- compare Hanley and Manny. But I remember in 2008 covering that team. Manny was great. Manny was great. And then all of a sudden it flipped the switch because he had an option year and it became a mess. But it was like starting with the Jack McCormick thing in July 1st and just became a mess out of nowhere. And if Hanley, something happens to Hanley, he goes on the DL and this plate appearance thing gets dicey or he's not producing, if he goes back to what we were talking about before, if he's not producing, if he's one of these guys who's not producing, and then he has to sit more, I mean, that can get uncomfortable. Like Mitch Moreland doesn't produce, he doesn't play, it doesn't get uncomfortable. You know, maybe Mitch Moreland's upset, but whatever. Everything right now works. There's no, these guys, everybody who's playing is doing well. It, it, it's, so it, do you think, so my last question to you, Evan, is that do you think this is more along the lines of the 2000, uh, I'm sorry, 1984 Tigers or the 1987 Brewers? In terms of, of 1984 a good start. Tigers, just they just dominated from the beginning yeah. and just cruised on yeah, through. Yeah, 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 or yeah. 1987 Brewers, where things went awry. This team is 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 certainly this talented, but what you're seeing, you the column I a column I wrote the other day, please go to NBCSportsBoston.com and check it out. Is that you go seasons without seeing a team play to its ability, right? Like I mean, I mean years. Can pass where you, where you where you have a team not on all cylinders, and what you're seeing from the Red Sox is what all cylinders look like, and it's very encouraging because it tells you, okay, the, we maybe we underestimated how good these guys could be, but at the same time, it's just so rare that everybody's doing this well. So individually, these talents are all there. Um, it's going to be. It's a, what else can you say? But it's going to get harder from here. Is there anything else I could possibly tell are they you? Gonna, are they going to take a significant downturn? What does that mean? Okay, where you, where you actually get in a race with other teams, where you are in um, the, the, you, you, – How far back is the Blue Jays? What, what do you think? They're close. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh, no, I know, I know. So do you think, do you think that this is a team that's going to have a five-game losing streak? Sure. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Do you think – A thousand percent. Okay. Do you think that this is a team over a two-month span is going to play 500? Probably not. Okay, so that's uh, unless that, unless health comes into it. Probably not. A, that's an elite team. Yeah. Uh, did, did they lose five in a row last year? I don't think they did actually. No, no, they hadn't lost. But more, good they teams lost can more lose five in a row. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure the Astros did. And the, listen, we have plenty of examples with the Red Sox. Good Red Sox teams going on terrible, terrible downturns. I think that when I look at this team. You always you you should if you're not looking at this with an eye toward a somewhat I won't say collapse but a significant downturn then you're crazy because it just can't keep going the way it is. It's physically impossible for a baseball player to do this. But this is how I look. This is how I'll give them credit for this. Is that I think number one I think they are why they've been doing this been managing people hasn't been this just shocking off we're going to throw these guys out every single day and ride as we talking about the hot hand and also I do think there are contingency plans and backup plans. We've already seen one with Nunez and Pedroia, that situation. Good the, position player depth. The, Thorn, the Thornburg thing, we don't know how that's going to end up, but at least it's an option. It's a potential option to be had there. You have other guys, Bobby Pointer, um, 
you have other guys down there. You have depth starters you never thought would would be in any conversation. Hector Velasquez, Jalen Peaks has started out. Oh, I believed in Hector Velasquez. Okay, great. I've been Hector Velasquez's biggest oh, fan. Great, that's super. Let's go, Hector again. Don't get so defensive. I'm just telling you how okay, I feel. Great. Well, he was awful in spring training. So, well, that means a lot. So you have backup plans. Anything? I'm. I'm. I got to be honest with you. I'm just exhausted right now. Well, that's good radio, Rob. No, I'm Thanks exhausted. for having me. I'm, I'm, very, I'm very energetic usually when I finish these things. You've exhausted I have me. a way of doing that with people. Yeah, how does it feel I'm to be on? thinker. How does it feel to, No, you're de- defensive. That's, I, I said like five times, don't be so defensive. I don't know where you got, when you got to this point of being so defensive about everything. Probably on this radio station. Oh, that is, you know what? You're probably right. What was it like being on the podcast? I'll, I'll use this one. This was fun. Good. It's better, you the, better than you trying to grill me on the on the overall organizational direction of what was then Comcast Sports at New England before I'd done a day there, which was the the, the genesis of our first lost have podcast. Fig- have you figured out what you're doing over there yet? Uh, it's great. You're trying to bait me into have like saying, out? Rob, they told me that they want to be a radio station. That's what they told me in the interview, and I'm going there to be a radio host. Like It was unbelievable what you were doing. Have you figured out what you're doing over there yet? You can't trick a, a, an interviewer. To into following some sort of le- you know I'm not going to follow your cookie crumbs the way one of your players will. I, I like Hansel and Gretel, like Craig Kimbrell in the uh, 20 minute podcast to get to one question. Do what? Um, what do you make of the athletic? I think they're doing well. I hope they do well. It's not the answer. What, what do you, you make? What, what do you mean? Do you, three years from now, do you think they'll be going to be around? So, all right. I'll give you the honest. I'm not being, I'm no, 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 I'm going to give you the honest answer with yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly. People, look, a lot of my friends have ended up. A lot of your friends have ended up there. And I talk to people about. All right, you know, you, you ask questions about the business plan. You and I, and anybody, and I would wager any of our friends in this industry are not in that business world to have a real understanding of the viability of this operation. There's no question you and I could ask those CEOs or you know the top editors there that would make us say, oh, okay, I know this is going to work, because nobody knows if it's going to work. So you just can't, you're, everyone is taking a leap of faith, every single person there. And I, I'm encouraged because it does seem like, look, the roster's impressive. If this amount of money doesn't work... I what works it, it's it's so all i'm doing is hoping that it does work for the sake of the industry there's nothing you and i are not equipped to evaluate this on a deep level outside of you know, generalities right we don't understand oh, I think, I think, venture capital we don't, we don't this is not our stuff no but we i think i don't begrudge him for doing this at all and i don't know Who would how much, begrudge? like what well, well, well there's we, no begrudging no there's no begrudging, no begrudging. <laughs> all right all right seinfeld so it, it's I just find it you know I find this stuff interesting and I hope it does work out because these people they are friends of ours and I it's it's another great place for people to land with jobs and everyone's trying to figure this out Boston Sports Journal same way it's a subscription model I'm gonna be really honest with you yeah that Mookie Betts story I did in Oakland in in Oakland in Anaheim the the story I did recently on Jared Banner Red Sox front office person I miss writing. I, uh, th- that stuff might still be the most enjoyable part of my job. Did you do in-depth that? In-depth stories. Do you do, do, did you do that? And this is a very serious question. Yes. Did you find yourself looking to do those stories, which I'm like, why are you writing the stories? But did you look, look to do those stories because you see what the athletic's doing and saying, no, 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 
we have to make we have to no, 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 pivot no, no, over no, there. No, 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 not at all. Okay, not at all because it's, because I've I've never stopped writing those stories, but I'm, but it it is re- related to the athletic in so much as that seems to be what they are. They're still doing daily coverage, and it's also varying very much city to city, writer to writer. But there, it is a sole focus there. Whereas I at NBC Sports Boston do TV, I do radio with you, Rob at WEI, and I also write those stories. But there is a part of me, at least lately, that's like, man, I do. It's enjoyable when that is a focus. Of course it is. Yeah. There's, there's Evan. I've always said this. I like that stuff. No, Not everybody likes that stuff. No. Kirk Manahan doesn't like that stuff. No, Kirk Manahan can it's, kick rocks. It's, it's different. It's apples and oranges. It's like you're talking about. But you can do it all too. Hold on. Yes, and you do do it hold all. On. Sometimes hold, you. Every once in a while, you have a good feature. Hold on. What you do, there's no feeling. There's no better feeling. If you're having a crappy day, you can do radio. You can do TV. You're never going to get the satisfaction you're going to get from actually writing a good story, even if you present it the wrong way, like you did. But if you have, if if you if you write a good <laughs> what story, story is that, you take you take a good story. You take a, the time and do a good story. There's no good, better satisfaction. I don't know in the business world if that makes a difference, but in terms of our own. Our own mindset. It, it, I totally understand. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, well, we're still doing good stories at our respective outlets. You do it at MEI. I do it at NBC Sports Boston. There's something you and I came up as writers. We didn't come up as TV or radio people. So I think there's still that but default you know position what, of that's you, what we but, enjoy. But the you most. know, what? I also if you flip that around, I also get frustrated too with the writers who say. Oh well, how can you do that, or how can you do that, or this is talk radio, or this is, or you know, for lack of a better example, barstool, or this, like it's all the dude. You got to the walls broken. You have to accept all of it. You have to accept all of it. And and we've talked about this on the radio. I think was you gave me crap for like Joe Kelly's son saying Bradford show. This is entertainment. Like the, you have to you have to get a people to read your Jared Banner story. You have to get them in the door to read it. And a lot of that is enter- finding the entertaining way to do that. All right, you're, you're, you're right. I, look, I don't think there's anything wrong. I had a prominent – I had a discussion with a prominent uh, national writer in a different sport. Uh, I guess this was last year. And I wanted to punch the gun in the – I want to punch the guy in the fucking face uh, because he – he, he was basically saying, you know, well, we were talking about can one be a personality and also be a good reporter, and and um, you know, he he was casting his downward uh, big outlet national eye on the on the idea you could, and I, I do. We were brought up thinking you could not that that you're either a reporter or a columnist, and and I actually talked about this on a podcast with the, with the uh, prominent sports media guy the other day, Brian Moritz, who I worked with in Binghamton, New York. Who 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 doesn't know? Her? Who doesn't know Brian Moritz? He's a, a professor at Newhouse, um, Syracuse. But th- this idea that that if you're you're a strict reporter with a reporter hat on, you're not every everything is analysis. Everything is in some way a form of edi- editorializing. Some of it is more easily identifiable. But this notion that someone out there, if you're writing st- straight fact, you're writing literally. He grounds it out to second base. And even now in the shift, that could be that could be an argument about uh, where do you actually I mean, you know to. you know as well as I do where that comes from where you have people like school. well it. no it's it's also there we're going to keep digging in on this and screw everybody else for if they don't like it it's the I'm going to write this story and everyone come read it 
because it's an awesome story, which is, and, the, and you know as well as I do, there's a lot of people, there's a lot of writers who still don't get that, don't get that. You can't do that anymore. You have to go out and reach, the, reach out and get the people to read it. You aren't, unless you're at an enormous, enormous outlet, even then, you can't just do something and say, hey, I wrote this. Isn't it awful, awesome? It's, it's 3,000 words, but you still, even though I didn't break it up at all, you're going to read through the whole thing. And you know what? You shouldn't give an opinion in any of it. You know as well as I do, there are still people out there who are, are saying, like the guy that you talked to, they're dug in on this. And you know who those people are going to be? Those are going to be the unemployed people. Eventually. And, and we've already seen this. We've already seen this. We've, have we not? Because, yeah. because, because what people are prioritizing up until the athletic happened was people who could do a lot of different things, right? But the athletic, I, well, so my guess is you're going to see the athletic. If not going to video, they'll do podcasts. I think they want people, like, even the athletic, if you can write a good feature, they want good analysis. And then where's, where, tell me where the line is between analysis and a column. With what? There are stories. There are columnists who write opinion pieces, right? Yes. And then there are beat writers well, every, who write analysis everybody, pieces. Everybody, what's the difference well, between it, an analysis piece and an opinion no, piece? Where's the line? It's ambiguous at best. Well, it depends. If it gets too wonky in an analysis piece, it depends how you present it. So that's what I'm talking about. You have to present it the right way. But and, and here's the other thing: Do our listeners even understand these? You may. How many times you hear somebody say, "Oh, I like Dan Shaughnessy on the Red Sox beat. He's not a beat writer." These distinctions. This, these are. And, and I'll reference Brian Morris again, this guy to the podcast with who I used to work with, who uh, is into sports media now. Uh, like, like that's what he does. His job, it, it is a construct, right? It is a social construct. I sound like every college kid now. Everything you see in this world is a social construct. The idea of, of, of what a beat writer does or what a, uh, what analysis is or any, any of these things. Well, you know, it's, it goes back to, uh, he's a blogger or he's a co- No, it, it's, it's everything. And, and I, it's, it's what, you, you tell Credibility still matters, of course. Well, that's the thing that's never going to change. You, the, the only here's the, here's the only thing. I can, you, you, you would hope it would never change. You, I mean, are, it has you are, when you when you do, you and I put ourselves out there in, in almost very personal ways, right? Like like you know when I do the radio and we talk about what's going on outside of it, and I, maybe I do this a little bit more than you, but you are opening yourself up to criticism. Whereas if you are in that strict line of traditional beat reporting, you're almost a little more free from approach. It's just like. And nobody knows anything about you, so yeah. so there's no criticism, therefore, of you, and the story but, uh, just stands. But Evan, again, who this is about? When you tell kids, you say you got to separate yourself, right? You have to separate yourself, and if you stick to that straight line of the people you're talking about, of not being able, willing to put yourself out there, of not w- being willing to market yourself a little bit, of getting a little looser in the way that you're writing, then you're not going to. But separate. the different jobs still exist. Well, you're not going to separate yourself. And and that's what th- that's what these people have to understand, and 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 I you know Scott Lauber left the ESPN. He just recently left ESPN, one of the last ESPN local sites. When ESPN was hiring for that site, like they said, well, we want someone to do this, a TV and the radio, and and but that's what, ESPN, Snapchat, and whatever. Well. They end up not doing any of it, really. I mean, really, Scott didn't do a whole lot of it. He's he did a he great, was mostly writing, he, and he did a great job with it. But it's it sort of strikes me as that's an organization that said, "Yeah, we know we should do that stuff, but we don't really know how, and we more importantly, we don't feel comfortable." Doing of branching too far out. Isn't this what happened to ESPN, where they knew that they should show personality, 
but they knew it too late. They got Al Duncan too late in the Personality, game. Personality, just, but just to, to draw a, a line here, you talk about you can you can, there is you and I, I think still when we report a story, unless you're like you know blinded by Pedroia or something like that, we we still adhere to some sort of internal compass that we've long had toward objectivity. Like you, you know, if there's a player, oh, I don't like that guy. He gives me a bad quote. I, I think you are still able to manage that in your own head and say, "All right, I'm not going to unfairly criticize this guy just because me because he gives me a bad quote." Not all media members can do that, um, but, but you, you know what I mean. There's a difference between letting your personality out and letting little potential biases that I guess everyone somewhat naturally has influence the work. Right? Uh, Those uh, sure. are two different things. Yeah, but 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 I think that's where people really get confused or, or people misrepresent that. Like, And when I say people, like the holier-than-thou organizations, they misrepresent that. I think that you go into a clubhouse, you should treat people like human beings. You can ta- talk to a person. You can have a conversation. And with the understanding, I can do a podcast with these guys at Twin Peaks Restaurant, but with the understanding that if shit goes the other way, you're going to report on it. That is the reality of, of life in the media right now. It just it can't be where the difference lies is the gray area. It, it's it's the there are certain there are stories and details that come up where it's like okay, I'm you know I'm closer with this guy. Would I write? You know, is this an S? If there's an S, if there's something that has to be written, I have no doubt you'll write it, right? But if there's somebody you're close, it's, it's human. You're less inclined to write something no, that maybe it, it, is optional. No, it all comes down to the importance of the story. Should that story? Right. Should that? Information does that information have to get out there? A lot of it is maybes, though, Rob. Sure, but and also in baseball, it gets a little more convoluted than other places too. You because your the season's longer, the access is more. The, you have to say, hey, and I've done this. I remember. Here's an example. Um, back, in, I don't remember what year it was. Ortiz messed up his knee. He and no, he was. They were saying that that, that he had a bad quad. And he had messed up his knee, he caught his foot caught up in the netting. And so I'm asking, he let it slip out, it was his knee. And then he's like, I'm walking away, he's like, but don't write that. I'm like, okay, well, what am I supposed to do now? He's still, don't write that. So this is, it's, it seems to be a big deal. So now you're thinking, well, he told me not to write that. It's an off-the-record thing. What do you do? A lot of times you find That's out. a tough situation. You find out, find out other avenues to go. But even if you go write it, uh, no. So this is what. Else so this close. is what happened. I didn't write. It. Yeah, exactly. That's what you're paranoid. And sometimes, been in this situation too, where you have to go up to him and say, "Listen, I got to write this because it's going to get written." And so, but in this case, don't write. All right. Well, now you're looking for the opening. You're looking for any opening, and maybe you go up to him a different way. Hey, is it all right? Because you know sometimes guys change their mind. What happened was that Gammons heading at the All Star break had said that David Ortiz might have to have surgery. And what they were saying was a quad. Like, you don't surgery on your quad? That doesn't make a sense, any sense. So I was at 2007 because I was with Silverman at the Herald. I call up Mike Silverman, who was out of the All-Star, ask him about this. And sure enough, he's in the mood. He says it was his knee. And that's usually how it works. So for these people to say, why didn't you report it right then and there? That, a lot of times that's not how it works. You're right. Yeah, uh, but from and we go through this all the time. I've gone through it recently. I mean, they're, they're, it, it, it happens. Yes, it happens. Anyway, all right, we might break that up into two. Who knows? All right, I gotta go. Me too. All right, bye. 
New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them, we study them, we hope the big one never comes. Don't look up, it's Asteroid Rush. And alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that gives you the features of $200 sunglasses for a fraction of the price. That means high visibility polarized lenses, well-constructed durable frames, and not to mention they replace lost and broken shades. Shady Rays includes lost or broken protection on every new pair purchased. They'll send you a brand new pair if you lose or break them, no matter what happened. See ShadyRays.com for details. Shady Rays offers free 30-day returns and exchanges so you can find the best fit for you. Try them, and if you don't love them, you'll pay nothing. It's as simple as that. Plus, 10 meals are donated to fight hunger in America with your order, adding to over 20 million meals donated to date. Exclusively for our listeners, head to ShadyRays.com MLB to get 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's ShadyRays.com MLB for the best deal of the season. 50% off two or more pairs. And try for yourself the polarized sunglasses rated five stars by over 150,000 people.